When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Another good day with Aussies on display in the NBA today. Uh, Paddy Mills with the Brooklyn Nets who... Got a 116-103 win against the Raptors. Uh, Paddy's been coming under uh, the spotlight, earning a heap of praise this year. Had another really good game, three of six from outside the arc. He had 13 points in that Brooklyn win and has been pivotal to what they've been doing uh, without Kyrie Irving uh, this season. And now Brooklyn find themselves at 7-3. and three. Joe Ingles, quite a day for him, just the five points. One of seven from outside the arc, but he still had the six assists, three rebounds, and played an important role uh, as the Jazz Unfortunately, went down, though, 100 to 107 against the Orlando Magic. Um, the Spurs met with the Thunder, and while Jock Landale, MVP in the finals for Melbourne United last year, didn't get any game time, uh, Josh Giddy certainly did. Uh, he had 27 minutes and, again, put up uh, impressive numbers and important numbers, 7.7 rebounds, 4 assists, and some of those dimes need to be seen uh, to be believed for a 19-year-old. And it's a, a great example of the talent we've got on display in the NBA, and there's more names that we can throw into that bracket as well. But it's a great article today by Matt Logue talking about the NBL to NBA pipeline. And one of the people mentioned in that is uh, one of our greatest ever. I thought we'd get on the show to explore this phenomenon uh, a little bit more in, in greater detail. Chris Anstey, who I had the pleasure of doing all the Aussie Boomers games with uh, and the Opals games with through the Olympics, has been good enough to jump on the line. Uh, hello, mate. Hello, mate. It's, it's, it's a fun time. It's certainly exciting for Australian basketball. I mean... You mentioned Josh Giddy, where you know we've been spe- we've been speaking about Paddy Mills and Joe Ingles, you know Matthew Delvedova, these guys for a lot of years. But Josh Giddy's just so exciting. Um, you know, you mentioned the type of minutes, the quality of minutes he's playing; they're, they're incredible. And he's the youngest player in the NBA, um, and got his grounding here in Melbourne and playing in the NBL last year. And you know, from for most people's observations, he's following a very similar trajectory than what. LaMelo Ball followed and he ended up winning Rookie of the Year. I want to talk about the pipeline in just a moment and, and the relationship that now that, that Australia are, are building with the NBA and with the teams within the NBA. Um, and, and more to, so not just for the young talent, but, but people getting second chances at the NBA after coming through the NBL is something we should highlight. But just on Josh Giddy, Chris Anstey, one of the things that um, was, has been pointed out to us since he was very young was the basketball IQ, the basketball IQ. I asked him about playing um, in some, in the, before he joined the Next Stars program in the NBL, he was part of the, um, the, the, the NBA Academy in Australia and he was going over to the US and playing in a lot of tournaments, whether it be... Um, before all-star games or, or, or world tournaments um, in South America. And when I asked him about playing in the all-star weekend where he was not one of the players of the tournament, I said, well, you know, how, how, how did, long did it take you to find your feet or how did you find the stand? And he said, once I figured out how everybody else played and what they needed from me, I then became a better player because I was able to facilitate that. And I just thought, wow, that is maturity 
wisdom beyond the years. That's someone who absolutely knows what the point guard role is and is all about what I'm doing to make everybody else better rather than what I'm, how am I going to be better. Knowing where you're bread buttered, however you wanted to put it, I was just amazed by that. So it really shouldn't come to us as a surprise that he's able to acclimatise to the NBA so quickly because that's his mindset about how he approaches basketball. He's such a, a selfless player, and I think a, a couple of things set him aside from from so many players. And the, the first one is he's just an absolute student of the game. From the time he was 12 years old, there's, there's stories I've heard from close friends who talk about him watching the old Magic you know, Tigers series and then the North Melbourne Giants and learning how the NBL players played from such a young age and yeah, and you look at his heritage, his, his dad particularly may have been the most selfless basketball player in NBL history. Mm. You know, he was able to facilitate such high percentage looks for Andrew Gaze and Leonard Copeland for a decade. Um, so yeah, growing up in that environment of, of selflessness, uh, being a student of the game, and then, of course, the other great element of Josh's makeup is that he's now six foot eight, six foot nine. That because mum and dad were both professional basketball players, put the ball in his hands and developed him as a guard. Um, so many young junior coaches will develop the, the lanky tall kids as, as forwards or they'll put the, the tallest kid into the, you know, the smallest kid into the point guard. Well, that's not how Josh developed. And it's a credit to his family. It's a credit to him. And as you say, he, he sits back and he evaluates and, uh, even I, I must admit, I was a little bit surprised at how well he started the NBA season. I knew he'd be fantastic. I thought he might take even a little bit more time than what he has to really impact games, but he's found ways to impact games. And games of basketball, they've won, even when he's not playing great, and that's just a credit to him. Well, he's uh, he's he's um, got a, a winning record over the Lakers, uh, which is... <laughs> You know, um, yep, LeBron might not have been playing last time, um, but he he really is. And this leads me into the, the next thing I wanted to ask you. One of my favourite parts of your book that came out in April, Chris Anstey, was a story you told about wanting to go head-to-head with Michael Jordan, with the Bulls. You, when you played, you wanted to try and take on the biggest, the best, and the baddest. And it's a great yarn you told about the day you went up against the Bulls and the game that you played and the altercations you got in with Dennis Rodman and Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan. Have you been really impressed when you've been watching it? And have you been loving the fact that when Josh gets the ball and he believes that that's my time to score now, he he's going at some of the very best in the business, whether it be, you know, Paul George the other week, he went at Joel Embiid when he played the 76ers. I mean, he he tends to ta- he tends to target their best player and says, I'm going to score on you. I'm, I've been loving it. <laughs> Look, Josh is a very, very different player entering the NBA. I wasn't. We're in, a, we're in a social media world, and I, I loved a post he put up just so ago that, you know, there was a there was a photo of him with uh, Steph Curry guarding him, and then one of Paul George guarding him. Um, and all he said was was idols to rivals, and he ended up watching these these players, idolising them, studying them, not in an attempt to be you know daunted by them, but to figure out a way to be able to beat them. And again, he, he's 19 years older. I, I can't say it enough. He's the youngest player in the NBA. Um, such a level head on his shoulders and for a fan to for intents and purposes be able to build around him and with other young guys it's so exciting 
Um, you're 100% right. We could we could sing the praises of him till the cows come home, but I think we're going to need to save some oxygen because I feel like um, if we burn it all out now, this, this career that's unfolding is going to hopefully go very long and, and, and be very distinguished. So the... Um, the, this pipeline concept that we're starting to develop for for a couple of years now, Jeremy Laliga um, has been saying as commissioner of the NBL that that the NBL is the second best league in the world. And some people have raised eyebrows to that. Some people have said, "Yeah, absolutely, it is." When you have a look at uh, the way in which the game is played, when you look at how we perform nationally, uh, and, and when you look at the players that we're getting uh, over to the NBA, and it's that last part that seems to be growing. Um, and it's that part too that seems to be garnering us great respect from the NBA. Um, what do you make of it? What do you put it down to? The article says that we've got a lot of people here that are being sought out for their advice by NBA clubs. You're one of them listed in the article. Um, wh- where, what do you put it down to now that, that, that the league's sitting up and, and taking notice? Uh, yeah, look, I, I don't think we're the second best league in the world yet. I think the Euro League has us covered, and there's a little bit going on in Europe. And you know, you, we're, we're, having said that, I mean, we're, we're not throwing around the type of dollars that the big leagues overseas are still. So the quality of imports we get at the very, very top end aren't going to be quite the level that you know other leagues around the world can afford. But you mentioned the next star program, and Josh Giddy, Lamelo Ball, RJ Hampton, and uh, you know, I was a little bit disappointed Dyson Daniels didn't play a season in the NBL because he, or he'd gone and played in the G League for the night team, but he will be a first-round draft pick next year. He's out of the, the NBA Global Academy in Canberra as well, son of Ricky Daniels, who used to play in the NBL. He may very well be a lottery pick himself and another really exciting young prospect, but just, just having these young, talented kids that NBA scouts are either flying across to watch or certainly keeping an eye on film, it doesn't just highlight the, those young players, it highlights everyone else on the teams that they're playing for and against. And you know, we saw a guy like Keeper Sykes, the, the South East Melbourne Phoenix, um, get a shot with Indiana this off-season. We've seen Corey Craig a few years back, Casey Prater. There, there are so many imports who have played in our league to have gone over and had NBA shots. It's, and it is, it's just a testament to, yeah, the quality of league and how many eyes are on it. And look, there's nothing official to, to anything I do, but, you know, when you're, when you're involved in sort of state and national junior programs, you, you tend to get people you've met along the way give you a call, um, you know, representing some of the clubs that they speak with. But um, they want to know about the type of person. They want to know what they're like off the court because they can see the on-court stuff. But, it's just fun to have those sort of conversations with so many people here in Australia. So, Chris, speaking to Chris Anstey, by the way, about the, uh, the the rise in interest from NBA teams to players that are playing in the NBL, whether it be our, our young homegrown stars or through the Next Stars program or through journeyman uh, former NBA players who have come here to, to reignite their career. And you mentioned Kiefer Sykes, Cam Oliver's another one getting a chance at the NBA now. Tory Craig, when you go back a few years, got a championship ring because he started last year with the Bucks and finished up, ironically, with the Phoenix Suns, who lost to the Bucks. But there's a fair list growing there. What is it, Chris, that, that the NBA teams like about players, whether it be our own or um, expat Americans? What do they like about um, them coming out of our league? 
it looks a pretty tough league, and Deshaun Tate's another one who, you know, yes. had a very, very serviceable NBL career, but certainly nothing that screamed NBA, but has gone on to be one of Houston's better players. But they love seeing the young kids play against adults. They love the stuff that the NBL is quite structured, and the IQ, and you mentioned it with Justin, but the IQ of so many of our players is high, uh, more so than, than college and more so than perhaps the G League as a whole. And so now we have... The measuring stick, we, we, we're able to line up players playing in our league against players who play college or in other leagues. And, you know, for a long time, I think the NBL's reputation didn't sit as high as what it does now. But if a player is able to, and Jock Landale, you mentioned, if a player is able to become a most valuable player in a championship series, he's demonstrated that he's good enough to have a shot at the NBA. And I think we'll find that, that any player who has very strong seasons in the NBA will get a look at least at a summer league and depending on their age and depending on their physical makeup will get a very very close look at joining a roster but um, yeah we don't want to get in the habit of losing all of our best players of course we'd love to keep better than here but as we mentioned just having the number of eyes in our league so not only the NBA but around the world um, and using it then as a recruiting tool to in turn recruit even more talent into our league knowing that we can turn us those eyes Again, the league's in a really good spot. Uh, it certainly is. And and what we sort of hope and what with, with what happened with Josh Giddy and Lamello Ball, and Joe Ingalls was probably the first that did this, didn't go through the traditional college route. So instead of, as you say, losing young players to college for however many years and then to the NBA, maybe now we, we, we might keep some of our young talent at home before they might make that transition and we might get them to turn professional here rather than going to college in the US, which... We we don't want to play down that experience because what a life experience that would be, you know, for education, for everything that it brings. But in terms of, you know, keeping the young players in the NBL, um, seeing that Josh Giddy can go at pick six, seeing what Joe Ingles did years ago, but seeing, you know, what Lamelo Ball has done and 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 so on, maybe that is a way of um, balancing out that ledger as well as we continue to provide more talent to the US. Yeah, and for the really, really talented kids, you know, my daughter's in college and she'll hopefully be there for four years and come out with an education, which mm. is crucial. But for the, the very, very best kids, especially on the men's side, you know, they're not going to college for four years. They're, they're going to do what Ben Simmons did and go for one, not worry about the degree, but, but do the year that they're required to do to be draft eligible. So, yeah, I, I do think we'll see a lot more stay in Australia, I think. At some stage, very, very soon, we'll, we'll start talking about the NBA Global Academy we've got here in Canberra, and Robbie McKinlay is doing a great job of, of driving that, and I think anyone who wanted to do a little bit of research will very quickly find some very talented young kids who we haven't heard of yet that the NBA staff had, um, and they do a great job of, of developing, developing them up there, so... We may end up with, with kids like Dyson Daniels who we haven't heard of. He, he goes through the COE or the, the Global Academy. Next thing we know, he's getting drafted. He, he's never actually played a game of NBA. So I, I think that'll be common. And I, I'd encourage, if you're an Australian basketball fan, keep an eye on the G League. Keep an eye on the NBA Global Academy up in Canberra um, because you'll be supporting a lot of those kids in the NBA for, for a lot of years. 
Now, tell us a bit more about Dyson Daniels. His old man, Ricky, as you mentioned, is a legend of basketball in my hometown of Bendigo. His jersey was retired by the Bendigo Braves. So Dyson is a Bendigo boy, and I've always got a soft spot uh, for the city of Greater Bendigo's best that to come out of there in any sport or any walk of life. So for those who don't know the name, uh, for this young bloke who grew up in my hometown, tell us a little bit about him. Yeah, he's a really long and athletic guard. He's a different type of player to Josh. He shoots the ball better. Uh, he's a little bit more athletic, but you know, probably doesn't have that quite the craft that Josh has. But I'll tell you what, when I was coaching at the under-20s a couple of years ago, and I had Josh on our Victorian team, and Dyson was clearly a year younger, um, Dyson more than kept up with Josh, and like I said, was a year younger. And again, very, very different game styles, but as a kid who was two years younger than a lot of the kids he was playing against, he was an absolute standout two years ago. And now Josh has gone and improved a lot over the last two years. I haven't seen as much of Dyson, but again, he will be an NBA first round draft pick. I, I believe he'll be very, very close to a lottery pick if he's not. Um, and again, another, another guard from Australia, he'll come into the NBA and play a significant role from the first game he puts an NBA uniform on. Uh, that's fantastic, Chris. Uh, one for us to keep an eye on. Uh, and he should be very fit too because his parents own a gym, uh, or they did last <laughs> time. So he's got no I'm excuse. Go, I'm, guessing, I'm, guessing, I'm guessing that's not where he works out. What's that, sorry? I said, I'm guessing that's not where he works out. No, probably not anymore, uh, <laughs> given where he's, where he's located in the career trajectory. Um, hey, uh, it's, it's a great story that's unfolding um, for, for, for basketball in this country. It's uh, we, you and I have spoken about it a few times that that through so many different, I suppose, contributing factors, basketball has now found its way back into uh, the front of mind psyche in Australian sport. Where for a few years, unfortunately, it was off in the wilderness and and maybe a bit of an afterthought for some. But through really really strong work that's being done um, at the national level in the pathway programs for the NBL to be where it is uh, top of mind with elite sports again in, in the in the country, and then what our international stars are doing at the NBA and winning championships or uh, becoming top 10 draft picks. All these things are contributing to basketball being right back up near the pointy end of uh, Australian sport, which is a great thing. It really is. It's, again, it's, just, it's an exciting time. It's so much fun to, to pick up the phone so often and, and talk in detail about basketball in this country. And, you know, I still, we're not that far going. And I think that we, we can't have a conversation again without just bringing up and I think one thing that Australian basketball may have stagnated with a little bit over the years is, you know, the greatest player the NBL has seen has been Andrew Gates, and he's been the face of the league for so long, but he's been retired so for 20 years, mm. um, which which is a battle. And I just think with what Paddy Mills did at the Olympic Games and with what he continues to do in the NBA, I, I just feel to me that there's a baton handover from Andrew Gates to Paddy Mills, and he can be the face of Australian basketball for, for the next number of years before someone like Justin takes it off him. But, you know, Paddy Mills is going to do incredible things for our sport on the floor, but he'll do some even better things off the floor. And, I, you know, I can't wait to see what he spends his time doing when he gets back onto Australian soil after this NBA season. Um, that excites me, and I think the popularity of the sport headed by Paddy Mills and, of course, Joe Ingalls will just continue to grow when you've got someone like that at the helm. 
So, Chris, are you expecting Paddy to to come back pretty soon from the US? Are you thinking that it might only be a year at at Brooklyn? No, no, no just, just, in, just in the off season. So, oh, okay, you know, with the yeah, because he's got, he's got the Indigenous there, Academy when, and uh, yeah, yeah. When he comes back in a month or two, he'll he'll be really active and he, he'll put some things in place. So when he does finish up his career, but I'm really excited to see what that is. And I, I tell you what, I, I, I wrote a little story that will come out in a couple of weeks, but. You know, when my little young six-year-old asked about who his favourite basketball player should be, I'll tell you what, Paddy Mills is a really, really easy answer to give any young basketball kid who wants to be involved in the sport or learn about the sport because what he's been able to do, and in some ways he's put the sport of basketball on on his shoulders and the gold medal vibes with the boomers, I think that was just, you know, that just catapulted the sport to where we knew it could get to and, you know, we're still riding high on that and, you know, keep watching Paddy in Brooklyn. He's going to be hard. Those Nets are going to be hard to beat for an NBA championship when they get rolling. And imagine that for 12 months if Paddy was able to win a bronze medal and then just tie in an NBA championship to uh, an NBA championship to it, come back home to Australian soil and get in front of the basketball public. Wouldn't that just be a, an incredible 12 months for him? Uh, it certainly would, uh, Chris. It's an exciting time. WNBL season just around the corner as well and uh, one of the best leagues in the world too. Uh, yeah, it's uh, for men's and women's basketball, we're going through um, a, a really strong period as a country and uh, long mate continue. Mate, hey, thanks so much. We'll speak to you soon. Love the chat. Talk soon. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Maccas, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.